We are all longing to go home to some place we have never been. A place half remembered and half envisioned. We can only catch glimpses of it from time to time. Community. Somewhere there are people to whom we can speak with passion without having the words catch in our throats. Somewhere a circle of hands will open to receive us. Eyes will light up as we enter. Voices will celebrate with us whenever we come into our own power. Community means strength. Strength that joins our strength to do the work that needs to be done. Arms to hold us when we falter. A circle of healing. A circle of friends. Someplace we can be free. Back in my young adult days, I was part of a Unitarian Universalist community that gathered each summer at a conference called Opus. We came from across the country and Canada, creating home away from home together for a week at a time, popping up in a different location each year, and then disappearing as quickly as it began. We would worship and learn and play alongside one another. We kept in touch throughout the year online in the days before Facebook. I was very dedicated to this community, serving in leadership roles first by teaching workshops and eventually even serving on the board. Opus was a place where I felt accepted and loved for who I was. I had deep friendships with folks I met there. And yet, sometimes, I had this sense that the cool kids were sitting at the next table over. Like there was this inner circle that I couldn't quite break into, though I hovered certainly at its edges. I knew that this was my community, but I also sometimes wondered if I really, truly belonged. Have you ever felt that way here at First Parish? Yeah, I see you nodding already, some of you. So many of you have told me that you have. It surprised me to hear this from you, but I heard it again and again this fall and winter as as we've been getting to know each other. You confess that you're not rich enough, not well-educated enough, not accomplished enough. You haven't really been a member long enough, whether that's one year or five or 15 or more doesn't seem to matter. You don't live in the right part of Concord, or you don't live in Concord. But, by the way, a quarter of this congregation, including your senior minister, does not live in Concord. You've maybe served in leadership, but it it wasn't important enough, you don't think. But, friends, that voice that's telling you that you don't belong 
It's imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, that sense that you don't really deserve the position you have. The voice that says you're not really as good as people think you are. It often festers around a feeling that you're not as intelligent or skilled or competent as others believe. You've been faking it and somehow fooling everyone. But any moment now, they'll discover that you're a fraud, you don't really belong, and then you'll be outed and ousted. Imposter syndrome has been getting attention lately, especially among younger women in professional spaces. But it's nothing new. The term was coined over 40 years ago, and it isn't limited to the workplace. In fact, 70% of people have experienced imposter syndrome. So if that's you, you're in good company. Now, I always want to hear about what's real for you, what's going on in your heart and your mind, whether that's happy or sad or a little bit of both or something in between. And when you say that you feel like you aren't fill-in-the-blank enough for First Parish, I hear you, and I feel sad for you and sad for us. Because at the heart of church is this truth. You do belong. We wouldn't be the same without you. As my colleague Reverend Teresa Soto says, all of us need all of us to make it. Nobody is indispensable. But I'm with you. Once at home in Boston, I was talking with a friend about community and we were reminiscing about our time in Opus. They mentioned imposter syndrome saying, they liked Opus, but they always kind of felt a little bit like they didn't belong. They're a little bit on the margins of the community. And I said, yeah, I know what you mean. I've felt that too, sometimes. And they stared at me with this sense of shock. They said, you, Liz, you belong. Sometimes I feel as dismayed as my friend when you say that you feel like you don't belong. Because church is a place to be just who you are. I was fortunate enough to grow up with that. Church was a place where I knew that I was loved unconditionally. But I'm aware that not everyone has had that experience. Too many of our childhood congregations were wounding in one way or another. And whether we grew up in another type of congregation or in a Unitarian Universalist congregation, whether we wandered through these doors as adults, too many Unitarian Universalist congregations aren't all that welcoming. Too often someone comes in the door and is not greeted by anyone. Or they're greeted, the greeting that they receive is more of a deposition than a warm and open welcome, a loving curiosity. If this 
has happened to you, I'm sorry. It shouldn't have. And too often, in too many UU congregations, you can get in the door, but then you've got silos. Entry into a uh, people sometimes find that they can't find their way into the deeper community. Entry into affinity groups or committee life is allegedly open, but the newer person feels like they've hit a wall and can't really get to know people. If this has happened to you, I'm sorry. It shouldn't have. All of us need all of us to make it. Someone might have tried to say that we don't need you. An imposter syndrome might have tried to tell you that they were right, but they weren't. You do belong. You are loved here. One of my deep hopes is that each of you knows that you are an important part of the life of First Parish. That you know yourself to be precious to belong, to be loved. <clears throat> when I think about that inner voice of imposter syndrome, sometimes I picture a little troll under the bridge of our hearts, jumping out to laugh at us and make us doubt ourselves. And then I picture another character, more like a fairy godmother, who embodies the love and embrace of true community. And let's imagine together, shall we, if they had a conversation. It might go something like this. The troll, imposter syndrome, says, you don't have enough money to be here. And the fairy godmother of community says, no class background makes you more or less important. Imposter syndrome says, you don't live in a big enough house, you haven't kept it up, and it's not in the right neighborhood. Community says it doesn't matter if you own a house or not, let alone how big it is or what neighborhood it's in. You are worth more than your belongings. Imposter syndrome says your work wasn't good enough. Nobody knows about it. Those that know about it, they don't care. Community says, you are worth more than what you've done. You are your personality and your caring and your joys and your sorrows and that whole package is what matters. Imposter syndrome says, you had better do as much as you can for your family and your town and your church so that people will know that you're important. Because 
if you're not working all the time and you're not doing it perfectly, you're not good enough and someone is going to find out and then you'll be sorry. Community says, oh, perfectionism, you're just another troll under that bridge. Beloved, don't listen to them. You are allowed to make mistakes and to rest and to play. You can even borrow my wand if you want. (laughs) Imposter syndrome says, that fairy godmother, she talks a good talk, but you know she is just a silly Pollyanna. community says, Beloved, I wish it weren't so easy to doubt yourself. The truth is that what you have, what you've done, that's not what defines you. You are worthy of love and belonging simply because you are part of the human community. There is nothing you could ever do or not do that would make you any more or less deserving of my love. Don't let that pesky old troll win. Hold on to my voice instead. How do we hold on to the voice of loving community when imposter syndrome rears its ugly head? One way is to question imposter syndrome. Talk back to it. Get in touch with your values and your spirituality, that part of yourself that knows those truths that the fairy godmother spoke. Remember that perfection syndrome Imposter syndrome and perfectionism are lies that try to separate you from the love that connects us all. Reverend Gretchen Haley writes, For this one moment, know that you are loved, that you are safe and whole and loved. Know that you belong here, here among us, here upon this earth, in your body, however tired or broken your heart may be. Whatever fear, disappointment, anger you carry, for this one hour, know that you are not alone. Feel the presence of others surrounding you, breathing beside you and with you, discovering together the way our voices rise and fall together in harmony, in hope. Claim here a resilient freedom, the choice for love, for light, to live with joy and gratitude and praise as a form of resistance. Already, we are organizing.
as Gretchen suggests, another way to escape imposter syndrome is to strengthen your connections with others. In this moment, this exact moment, can you feel the presence of others breathing around you? Can you feel your presence breathing with them? All of us breathing together. May we feel openness and curiosity towards each other. For when we focus on another person's well-being, we ignite our sense of caring and compassion. We shift our attention away from what might be wrong with us and towards what we feel and hope for them. And that reminds us of our shared humanity, our place in this interdependent web of all existence, of which we surely are a part. When we feel connected with each other, we are more likely to remember both our own belovedness and one another's. We can create a warm and open community where imposter syndrome doesn't stand a chance. We build loving community when we approach a stranger at coffee hour and introduce ourselves. We build loving community when we share both our joys and our sorrows with one another, willing to be vulnerable and honest together. We build loving community when we listen to one another's pain without trying to fix it. Or when we do bring that meal or offer that ride when it's been asked for. When we are playful together, when we model both showing up and allowing ourselves time to rest. And when we go beyond our walls to partner with other communities in the work of justice and liberation. As we build loving community, we both talk back to our own sense of imposter syndrome and help ward it off in others. That sounds pretty good to me. I hope it does to you too. As we build loving community, we practice being a shelter for one another. We remind each other that we are, each and every one of us, an important piece of the whole. And all of us need all of us to make it. Friends, Don't let that imposter syndrome troll that lurks under the bridge of your heart. Don't feed it. Talk back to it. Remembering the voice of the fairy godmother of loving community. Remembering that we can create that loving community here and beyond our walls. And always always remembering that you are worthy of love 
and belonging, simply because you are. Feel all of us breathing together, present with one another. Feel all of us breathing together and know that you are beloved. Blessed be and beloved be and amen.